you for tuning in to Shelter in Peace here on AM 1160 The Quest, your Atlanta radio station. My name is Mari Cleveland. I'm your host this morning, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Ann Satilli. Good morning. We're in the home stretch. We are in the home stretch of the year of Advent and of the whole year, right? Yep. And, of course, our new production manager, Rachel Miller. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning. And so we are broadcasting live, as we do, from our studios here in Roswell, Georgia. And we are so thankful that you are joining us for it. We can't believe we're in the fourth week of Advent already. It's gone fast. Fast at times and slow at times. Right, which I think is supposed to, right? It's supposed to, hopefully, it's slowed down enough. I've really enjoyed this Advent in a lot of ways. And I think part of it is because we've been doing this series and we've learned so much more and just been able to dwell on a lot more. Really, really. There's been a lot of time for contemplation and prayer and, and like you're saying, learning. Yes. And, and pondering, which is, that's my favorite word when we talk about Mary is pondering. Because one time Dr. Edward Shree just really broke that work, word open for me. And I just, um, it made me feel like I don't do enough pondering into my life. I don't do enough reflecting on what is God doing right now with this situation or with this circumstance. And that's one of the things he said is she pondered which really meant she didn't just like ruminate she didn't just think about she her pondering was really all about where is God in this what is he doing what does he want to do and just really reflecting on him which yeah right and we need quiet silence Mm -hmm. um to to do that be still and know that I am God right Right. yeah I think that was my that was my verse from the beginning of COVID on and it's it's continued (laughs) on um so we are starting this um as we said the fourth Sunday of Advent was just on Sunday and we get a short week so we don't get a whole seven days of of the fourth week of Advent. We only get about five days of this week of Advent because then we go into Christmas on Friday. Um, But the first four weeks, um, basically we chose a word for each one of those weeks and it was more than anything, kind of an exhortation, I think, for each one of us. And we reflected and pondered Mm -hmm. on each of those words with a a variety of guests that we had. So you can always go back on our app and you can go back and listen to any of our um, previously aired broadcasts. And um, so our first week of Advent, we we talked about watching and how important it was to watch and watch for watch for God in our lives, watch for his kingdom, watch for what he's doing. The second week we talked about preparing um, and that preparing the way of the Lord and John the Baptist and how he encouraged and um encouraged everybody to prepare and the ways that we could prepare. And then last week we talked about rejoicing. It was Gaudate Sunday. And so we talked about rejoicing. I do have to real quickly, I told Anne this morning, I said, I need to tell the (laughs) listeners, I need to clarify something for you that rejoice. When we talked about rejoicing last week, we had Father Tim Hepburn on with us and we told you all that he was suffering from COVID at the time. And we were so thankful that he was, um, on with us. And um, first of all, just to let you know, he is doing much better. He is really, your prayers have been remarkable and he is, God God is so good and he is doing great. Um, but I do have to say at one point he said something to Ann and me about, it's so great to see you. And I realized <laughs> that you guys out there listening may go, you had a priest with COVID in your studio? No, no, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> we put people on Zoom. So our priests come to us on Zoom and then on the phone and we've got all this technology going so we can actually see them as we're speaking to them. And it tr- we try to do that also to keep from interrupting them. 
But I have to apologize. Sometimes we get so excited about our topics <laughs> that Anna and I might interrupt the priest. So, Father, please forgive us for those times that we do that. And um, we're going to try to be much more watchful <laughs> and watch the priest on the Zoom call so we're not interrupting them. So, right. But no promises. Yeah, I mean, really. <laughs> I know. It is ex- we do get excited. So speaking of that, um, so our fourth, um, our fourth topic for this fourth week of Advent is proclaim. Um, we need to be proclaiming the good news. The good news is coming. The good news has come. Um, the good news is is continuing to come. And we have another priest, um, a, a wonderful priest in this archdiocese. A number of you know him from a variety of his roles during the, it, within the archdiocese. But we've got Father Daniel Ketter with us this morning. And uh, Father um, Dan is currently the judicial vicar for the Archdiocese of Atlanta um, in the office of the tribunal. And um, Father, Father Dan, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Welcome. Welcome. Good morning, Mari. Good morning, Anne. It's good to be with you again. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. And so as we always do, we'd love to um, open in prayer. And Father Dan, you say beautiful prayers, not to set, put you on the spot right away, but, <laughs> <laughs> but we would love for you to open us with prayer this morning. You bet. Be glad to. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, as your Church walks through these final days of the Advent season, we ask for a particular grace that we would be able to find ourselves closely connected, closely united with with Mary and with Joseph uh, as they were in those final days of expectation and preparation for welcoming your son Jesus into this world and, and into their lives. May we relive those moments with the Holy Family so that we may experience them afresh. Yeah. We might experience them as if it were the first time. And, and from that, uh, you overcome with a great sense of joy, uh, for you have loved us so much that you've come to dwell with us, to be God with us, to be Emmanuel, to be our Savior. Please give us that grace as entering into these these days of grace so that we might draw from them all that you wish to give us. May our conversation this morning help to facilitate that for us and for all who are listening. We look to you for everything. And we look to you for this in the name of your Son, Jesus who is Lord forever and ever. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I just felt the Holy Spirit. Did you guys feel the Holy Spirit? Peace just falling upon <laughs> That's us. That's exactly that was the word I heard. Peace. Um, and then welcome. Father, I love how you just said welcome. That, that word. I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, we are welcoming. We are welcoming Jesus in where we're welcoming just, you know, being on that journey with Mary and Joseph. 
And this week, as I was reading through the readings that we have for this last five days of Advent, it is so interesting how um, I almost felt like I was walking through the joyful mysteries. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my dear friends introduced me to the scriptural, saying the scriptural rosary, and I've been doing that this year, and it's been such a blessing in my life. So, you know, oftentimes when, for our listeners who aren't Catholic, when you say the rosary, well, it's very, it's a little bit complicated to go into all the details, (laughs) but basically you are getting to journey through so many parts of Jesus's life, and it's just absolutely beautiful. And so sometimes you might just say, the joyful mystery, you know, the first mystery is the um, the the Annunciation, but with or you might say a, uh, have a Bible verse about it, but with this one between each of the ten Hail Marys, you actually do the Scripture, so you're reading through Scripture for the whole Rosary. And it's so beautiful. And the joyful mysteries this week, we get the Annunciation, we get the Visitation, and then we get the Nativity. We get the first three mysteries of the joyful mystery. And so when we were talking with Father Dan about, okay, so what do we talk about? Because there's so much going on this week. Mm -hmm. Um, He said, well, we'll probably need to start with the Annunciation because obviously that was the gospel from Sunday. But Father Dan, you said that you could talk to us for a week about all that's packed into the Annunciation. It's such a beautiful um, portion there in Luke and um, we don't have a week, but we only have about 23 <laughs> minutes or so with you. Um, so we would just love for you to dive in wherever you would like to. There's so much in that about Mary and about just that uh, that visitation from Gabriel and the Annunciation that happened. So wherever you would like to jump in and dive in, we would love for you to. And Ann and I are going to listen because we don't want to take away from our listeners any of the op- awesome um, insights that you have to share with us. Sure. We'll um, we'll start with a confession. Uh, it was a confession I made to the two of you, but we'll, we'll make to all the audiences that uh, uh, the initial plan um, that I had forgotten was that we would be talking about Mary's Magnificat today, uh, and hence the theme for today's show would be Proclaim. Um, and for whatever reason, I had in my, in my mind uh, the Annunciation, not Mary's Magnificat, but it still fits into the theme of Proclaim, right? Because <laughs> first... The, the word has to be proclaimed to her. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then she proclaims it to Elizabeth and for all of us now that it's inscribed in the pages of sacred scripture. So, uh, so we are, we are on this theme of proclaim, even though we're, we're going to put the accent in the first half of the show on the Annunciation. Maybe so. it's where the Holy Spirit wanted us to go, Father. <laughs> we trust that. That's right. That's right. Um, and I think the best thing to do is just read the, the passage from, from Luke chapter 1 uh, of the Annunciation, just to make sure it's fresh in everybody's mind, uh, allow the Word of God to wash over us, um, and, then, and then, yeah, I'll offer a few, a few reflections um, and maybe begin by saying why maybe my thoughts were more oriented towards the Annunciation rather than Mary's Magnificat. We begin in the 26th chapter of... Um, of St. Luke, chapter 1, 26th verse of the first chapter of St. Luke, excuse me. And we read, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said, and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and will be called Son of the Most High. 
and the Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. He will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. This is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, indeed. Um, so uh, I think one of the reasons uh, my mind um, stuck with the Annunciation, even after we had talked about uh, using this episode to talk about the um, Mary's Magnificat, was that sometime this summer I listened to a talk that was given by a Dominican father, Father Thomas Petrie, uh, who's uh, a member of the eastern province of the Dominican Fathers, the St. Joseph province. They're based up in Washington, D.C., and I got to know them um, a bit more when I was studying up in Washington, D.C. Um, but the, the Dominican Fathers of the eastern province are doing all sorts of awesome things uh, for the Church. Um, and one of their awesome uh, apostolates is called the Thomistic Institute. So St. Thomas Aquinas was a Dominican, probably the most luminous of, of all the Dominicans. Um, and so uh, St. St. Thomas Aquinas features very prominently within the Dominican order and in, in, their, in their work. And they've uh, created an apostolate called the Thomistic Institute, um, which basically is um, an apostolate by which they uh, broadcast uh, all kinds of talks that are given by uh, Dominican uh, Dominican friars themselves or um, uh, other speakers, um, academics, theologians, uh, philosophers who have a great affinity for St. Thomas Aquinas and his philosophy and theology. Um, so they did a whole series, um, I guess it's still going on, but it, um, it kicked off when the, the pandemic kind of came to bear on, on this country. Um, they called them the quarantine lectures, where they just started <laughs> uh, posting uh, a bunch of lectures throughout the week uh, for anyone and everyone to tune in and, and listen to and, and be edified by. So sometime this summer, uh, Father Thomas Petrie gave uh, a beautiful talk on the Blessed Virgin Mary, and it was really focused on her Immaculate Conception, but um, it necessarily um, uh, featured or, or um, spent a lot of time reflecting on the Annunciation that we just read from Luke's Gospel. And there's a few points that, uh, that Father Petrie highlighted that I, I just thought were very profound and... and uh, found myself pondering on, uh, just as, as Mary uh, pondered on the greeting of the angel Gabriel. So I wanted to share a couple of those uh, thoughts with 
uh, our listeners today, and then we can, uh, yeah, maybe um, talk about those a little bit. That's great. Um, so, um, one of the things Father Petrie uh, observed was that when the angel Gabriel appeared to the Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, the evangelist Luke notes that Mary was greatly troubled at what was said. Mary was greatly troubled at what was said. And he distinguished that from other instances in the Bible when an angel appears to uh, a human being, and the human being is uh, greatly troubled, but they're greatly troubled at the sight of the angel. (laughs) Uh, Oftentimes, in absolute fear, they fall down on their face, and, and many times they, they believe, as was the, the understanding, that, that they would die, that no one could look upon divinity uh, or, or that kind of holiness and, and live. Mm. But Father Petrie noted that, and he's drawing on St. Thomas Aquinas here, that the evangelist doesn't say that she was troubled by the sight of the angel, it says she was troubled by what was said. Mm. By what was said, and observes that Mary um, was in no way uh, tainted by sin. She was uh, conceived um, immaculately, and so she had no original sin and no personal sin, and therefore there's no sinful fear of God in her. Mm-hmm. Mary has reverential fear for God, okay? The fear of you know, doing anything that would offend God or anything that would separate us from God, but she has no servile fear. She has no sinful fear of God. And so the appearance of the angel, um, the appearance of uh, one who beholds the face of God but has now appeared uh, to a mortal, um, Mary, because of her sinfulness, would not have been afraid of that sanctity, that presence, that manifestation of divinity. What she was troubled at, as I said earlier, though, was what was said. And what was said was simply, Hail, favored one, or hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. The um, expression, um, favored one or, or full of grace, um, is a very interesting one, um, because in the original Greek language in which uh, the Gospel of Luke was written, the word that's translated full of grace or favored one is a word that appears nowhere else in the Bible, mm-hmm. nowhere else in uh, Greek secular literature as well. It is, it, biblical scholars believe, to be a word that was created or made precisely for this scene, precisely for this moment, precisely mm-hmm. to uh, capture the unique event that is being announced in the Annunciation, the unique event that's taking place in the in the Annunciation. And 
in a sense, it's a unique word for a unique moment in, in history. Right? And the sacred author, inspired by the Holy Spirit, decided that no other word that was in use was fitting to capture the unique thing that God was doing in the Annunciation, um, in the Incarnation. Um, and the tradition of the Church is that it's at this moment of the Annunciation that the Lord Jesus, the, the Word of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity, uh, is conceived in the womb of the, of the Blessed Mother. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is the moment in which uh, Mary, Mary conceives. Right. When she's at the very end of the Annunciation passage, she gives her fiat, her "Let it be done unto me according to your to your word." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, connecting these two, then the the greeting that's given to Mary, um, "Hail, favored one," or "Hail, full of grace." And biblical scholars will all say that those are um, inadequate translations of that Greek word. That there's there's really we don't really have a word to, to properly and fully and completely capture uh, the content of that greeting to, to Mary. And so you'll often hear um, biblical scholars or reading biblical commentaries, they have to try and characterize it with lots of words, <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Hail, one who has been made graced, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, would maybe be one way of expressing it. Um, but uh, it's such a unique word to capture such a unique uh, reality that that's unfolding at that at that moment. So that's what was troubling to Mary. That's what caused her to be surprised. That's what caused Mary to be um, to be kind of taken taken aback because it was uh, 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 something something new was happening. Something. Um, um, altogether novel was, was taking place. Um, but the other, um, the other, um, interesting, um, point that Father Petrie made was that because Mary was free from all sin, original and personal sin, that her, uh, mind, her intellect, um, and her body, wouldn't have been burdened by all the, the, the clouding, the distraction, the burden that sin um, affects in our life. Right? And because her mind and body was unburdened or undistracted by any of the things that go along with um, uh, having, having experienced original sin, that she was able to gain an insight into the scriptures okay, that would be altogether impossible for, for us because of all the limitations we experience in our mind and body as, um, as human beings who were conceived in original sin. Mm. And so following on the tradition of St. Augustine and St. Thomas Aquinas, Father Petrie related that Mary, having uh, studied the scriptures and having been able to gain insight into the scriptures in a way that we could not, she would have known, she would have understood that God was going to become flesh, mm-hmm. that God was going to save us through the incarnation by becoming Emmanuel, God with us. Right? But what was 
surprising to Mary, which is a reflection of her humility, what she didn't foresee was that she would be the one through whom God would come into our world, that she would be the chosen instrument of God, God's incarnation. That's the surprise that Mary is experiencing, and that's what she's pondering uh, when uh, the angel Gabriel makes this announcement to her uh, that she, of all women, is going to be the mother of God. She is going to be the instrument through which God becomes man to redeem the world. That's amazing. And Father, one of the things you just said there, um, you said she knew the scripture. Can you share with our listeners a little bit more about um, why we believe she knew scripture so well? So the tradition of the church is that Mary was uh, uh, brought to the temple by her parents, Joachim and Anne, at a very young age, and was um, formed in the temple by the the temple priests, uh, that she went through a kind of seminary, if you will, uh, in in the temple, where she was um, educated in and formed in the the Jewish uh, tradition um, and the Jewish scriptures. So she would have um, been, had the opportunity to become literate, uh, to, to read the scriptures and to learn about the scriptures from, uh, from the, 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 the temple priests and the temple scholars of the law. Um, there was a feast in the church's calendar called uh, the, the, the Presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, we often see depictions of the Annunciation um, showing Mary with a stack of books near her uh, or a, a book in her hand or her bowed before the pages of sacred scripture. Um, and the, the, the tradition also holds that at that moment, Mary of the, of the Annunciation, that Mary was, in fact, reflecting, pondering on studying uh, the scriptures at that at that time. So, uh, so it's um, it's uh, the fruit of the the formation, the privileged formation that she received. That's beautiful. So, Father, this time has flown by. We've only got about a minute left. <laughs> so hard to believe. Is there anything else that you would like to really just leave with our listeners? Because I know that we need to let you go at the break. But is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners as we prepare ourselves, as we get ready for this this opportunity to proclaim? Yeah, um, maybe just uh, something that I mentioned the other day when we were, we were talking, and that is... Um, you know, when Mary then does go and visit her cousin Elizabeth, Elizabeth says to her, Blessed are you who believe that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. Um, uh, it, reflecting back on that, that Mary um, received the word of the angel with full faith, with full faith. There was no shadow of doubt within her. Her only question was that it was her, <laughs> you know, that the surprise that it that was her. Um and in as much as Mary was blessed because she believed the word of the Lord, so too are we blessed because we believe the word of the Lord. And so let's approach these last days of Advent and the coming days of Christmas with the same faith that Mary had. Let us believe the word that's proclaimed to us in the words of sacred scripture and at Holy Mass. Amen. Amen. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Father Thank Dan. You, Father. We are so thankful that you're here with us on Shelter and Peace this morning. And listeners, we will be back right after this break. 
Have you ever wondered who God created you to be? Have you ever wondered whether the Lord has a special assignment just for you? Or have maybe you just missed being in a Bible study? Proclaim my word in partnership with AM 1160 The Quest, your Atlantic Catholic radio, is thrilled to announce his first Bible study podcast series, Be Who God Created, based on the book of Esther. I'm Carrie Allen, founder of Proclaim My Word. And I'm Linda Scharnhorst, and I love God's Word. And we would like to invite you to join us for this podcast series starting January 11th, 2021, for six consecutive weeks. This series and the study workbook are available at no cost. Free will offerings are accepted. For details, visit ProclaimMyWord.org. All are welcome. Join us and tell a friend. And like Esther, you were made for a time such as this. every election, there are many issues to consider. Yet unless people can first be born, there are no issues and no people to talk about them. Every right we have flows from the right to life. In choosing those who will lead us, therefore, no issue can be more important than abortion. If our children are not secure, neither is our future. This is Father Frank Pavone, Director of Priests for Life. The Quest presents A Daily Dose of Virtue with Jay Tremonti from Venture with Virtue. Defining moments. We all have them. Bill Hanslick shared his with me that led to playing in the NBA the most difficult moment when he was let go from his dream job as NBA coach and where he is today, which is the happiest place of his career running a nonprofit. Bill didn't see it at the time, but now looking back, he admits none of it would have happened without God. This can happen to us as well. Have you looked back lately? Have you identified your defining moments? Without recognizing God in the past, it's hard to trust Him in the present. If we want to grow in the virtue of faith, it's essential to practice trusting God. The more we trust God, the more we say yes to Him with our mind and our will, and the more we grow in faith and live the good life on the path to heaven. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Here at The Quest, we often hear how our programs touch hearts and change lives. Now more than ever, people need to hear the truth and beauty of the Catholic faith. As a 100% listener-supported station, The Quest relies on monthly donations to stay on the air. Please consider making a monthly donation to The Quest and help us continue to provide inspiring Catholic programming. Monthly donors are the lifeblood of the station. Visit thequestatlanta.com to donate. Thank you for your support. listening to Shelter in Peace on AM 1160 The Quest. I'm Mari Cleveland and I'm joined by my co-host Ann Satilli. Welcome back. Welcome back. And we were just on the phone with Father Dan Ketter and that was so beautiful. Ann and I were basically almost holding our breaths except the, except when we were breathing loudly into the mics. But <laughs> <laughs> other than that, we were holding our breaths. We, got we a apologize for that. Yeah, exactly. We were Quiet. But um, Father Dan just, he always has so much richness. It's just, I was taking notes and yeah. Yeah, I was as well. Yeah, so beautiful. So as you know, as you were listening in, we are on the fourth Sunday or so fourth Sunday, fourth week of Advent. 
And um, this week we chose the word proclaim. And as Father Dan just said, we want to make sure that um, we're able to proclaim in the way that we're able to proclaim is, as he was just talking about the Annunciation, the angel proclaimed the good news to Mary first. And then there were some things that happened that made her be able to proclaim. And so that's kind of the second half. We want to talk about that. We want to talk about, um, you know, once the Annunciation happened, then what happened with that and and the rest of this, this story for this week, which is beautiful. Right. And what that means for us as we prepare for the coming. Exactly. We always want to learn as much as possible. Um, Just as a reminder, that's what we hope to do here on Shelter in Peace is we really want to offer you some hope and encouragement. Um, and the good news. And we also want to give you whatever we can to help you grow in your faith. And Anne and I joke about the fact that as we prepare, we continue to grow in our faith. That This is a beautiful way for us to also um, grow. Right. Um, Father really helped me this week in, in talking about the art and, mm. and Mary depicted in the art and the Annunciation and all that. So um, I did a little meditation myself and went back and looked at some artwork and used the scriptures and art. And it was um, really edifying for me. So just to, you know, I want to pass that along to our listeners. You might yeah. want to, you might want to try that. I've looked at some beautiful frescoes and just meditated on those stories. Yeah, that was neat. I never realized I, I had heard when I was actually in Israel, I did hear that, that um, the belief is, and, and actually the man who was sharing this wasn't Catholic. And he said that the belief even there is that um, Mary was dedicated the temple. And I think one of the things you mentioned, Anne, was that it was very much in alignment with what Han- what Hannah, ha- what happened with Hannah, um, where she dedicated Samuel to, um, to the temple and went to Eli and said, you know, I've been, I was praying, you heard me praying and, um, I'm now dedicating my child to you because this is an answer prayer. Right, right. So th- these women were childless and, and basically begged God for a child. And if you give us this gift, mm-hmm. we'll give it back to you. Yeah. And so I didn't realize that um, Mary's mother, Anne, um, was also childless mm-hmm. and had also struggled with some infertility. And so that she was a gift. And so they dedicated Mary back to the Lord. And so she was the belief that was that she was um, uh in the temple very much, you know, she was reading scripture and, you know, a lot of people say, oh, only guys got to do that. No, Mary did as well. So young mm-hmm. women did as well, which is that's so beautiful when you really deep, um, delve deeper into scripture and into God's plan for our salvation, how it's for every one of us. And God loves every one of us to such an amazing degree. And so he prepared Mary um, at her from her very conception, as we know here in the Catholic Church. But but then also as she was growing up, he was really filling her so that she could proclaim him and proclaim his good news. And there was something else that was interesting in preparing. I also, in addition to, we talked to Father Dan, of course, I also listened to a, um, a brief uh, reflection from Father Mike Schmidt. And he mentioned that, you know, Father Dan said that she, Mary was greatly troubled um, and it was because this hail favored one was a phrase that had never been used before, had never been heard before. But he also said there was another part of the word that the angel said, he said, the Lord is with you. Mm-hmm. And so he broke that open and said, um, you know, we, we hear that the Lord is with you and we don't really think about it, but he said she knew scripture really well. So in her mind, kind of like when you know a song really well, you, you play the next verse in your mind when right. you hear the beginning, but a lot of times in sacred scripture, especially in the old Testament, when you heard the Lord is with you, it had to do, and a lot of times the next line was be not afraid or be courageous or whatever, because the Lord is with you was actually said very specifically to people when they were being charged by God 
to go into battle right. or to take on a huge task, right? And so I looked up some of those. I was really fascinated by that. And I did some research as well and looked up. And in Judges, um, God says the same thing to Gideon when he's sending him to save Israel from the Midianites. In Deuteronomy, when which is written by Moses, Moses, mm-hmm. these are his instructions to his people when they're going to be going into the promised land. And he's encouraging them to have um, courage when they're facing their enemies. He talks about the Lord being with them. In Joshua, of course, said Joshua 1, 9, Moses has died and poor Joshua is going, oh my gosh, what no, it's, now? I mean, I know, it's <laughs> up to me now. And so the same thing, God tells him, you know, be strong and courageous to have no fear. The Lord is, is with you. You know, I am with you. Um, and then in Isaiah, um, and that's where they oftentimes say that from, uh, this is also quoting this, but, but from Isaiah, um, when this is at the end of the Babylonian exile and as the liberator of Israel and talking about God saying to Israel, you know, I am with you. The Lord is with you. So, so Mary hears both favored one, which has never been said before. And then Mm -hmm. she hears the Lord is with you. And she's like, Oh my gosh, what does this mean for me? Right. What is my task going to be? Well, because the connection in all of those stories is salvation. Yeah. So her, her mind goes there. Exactly. And like father said, she, just questions why me right me yeah because she knows that each of these times it was the salvation of israel against mm-hmm. enemies or the salvation of israel so she hears all that and you're right she puts that t- together and like father said her mind is so pure it's so pure and it understands scripture so beautifully that she puts it together and then realizes oh my gosh just like with gideon and just like with joshua mm-hmm. and and you know all these people i'm the one being called to do something great now, the link for us, and just like you said a second ago, what can we learn from this? We're told the same thing in mass. And I think we do it so rote, we don't even think about it. Um, when we say, um, the Lord be with you, mm-hmm. the word be, it's the same verb. The Lord is with you. The Lord be with you. It's told that we, we're told that four times during mass. And so we're also charged with great things. And we're told it. we're two of the times. One is right before communion. We're told, you know, the Lord be with you. And we just automatically say, and with your spirit, we don't <laughs> think about what we're actually saying, but it's kind of like, yeah, the Lord is with you. And you're now being called to come forward. You're called to take on um, Christ. You're taught to, to consume Christ and the Lord be with you. If you're not ready and pure and holy for this mission that you're about to receive the Lord. And then before we were sent out, right? Right. The mass is ascending. Yes. You know, we're going out on our mission, but, the, but the good news is that we receive Jesus as, as Mary did. And, you know, we have that, we have the Lord truly with us in his presence. And so we, we are equipped mm-hmm. like Mary yeah. to go out into battle. Exactly. And that, yeah, I think that's the part of the good news too, is that we are equipped. We are equipped. Um, so just like father Dan said, you know, Mary was equipped. She was equipped to hear all this, to really understand what it was that God was calling her to do. And, um, and then she, uh, you know, she hurries off and she goes to see, Elizabeth, she goes to see her cousin for the visitation. Um, and we get to hear a lot of other beautiful things that happen. So we're going to break open a little bit about that visitation and what um, Elizabeth says to her, but also um, Mary's Magnificat and what happens with that as well. Um, so you had some beautiful thoughts too, Anne, about when you said about, you know, she, how, how was Mary prepared to know um to, to be able to proclaim. How was she prepared to be able to p- proclaim? And you had identified a few things that were really important for us to hear and understand. Well, and 
one of the other things that Father talked about is is how she was pure and mm-hmm. she was a pure vessel to receive the Lord. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Mari and I are reading a, a book, The Read of God, mm-hmm. um, by Carol Hauslander. It's it's an oldie but goodie. <laughs> um, and I love this quote from there about Mary from this book. Um, it is emptiness like the hollow eye, the reed, the narrow riftness emptiness, which can have only one destiny to receive the piper's breath and to utter the song that is in his heart. So Mary mm. is like this reed. She's completely open mm-hmm. and um, to receive the breath of God, the spirit of God that to proclaim his song yeah. from her heart. Yeah. And, um, you know, she didn't have any distractions and she was focused on the Lord. Um, and she just says, let it be done to me according to your word. And so for us, you know, how are we, we've talked about this in preparing mm-hmm. and, and getting ready to receive the Lord. How can we get to this point that we are emptied and filled with the Holy Spirit? Right. Because right. that's the initiator of this to proclaim, to go, you know, she goes and runs to Elizabeth because she's filled with that Holy Spirit and yeah. she wants to share this good news with Elizabeth. Exactly. You know, I think a lot of people think, okay, so the angel came, she found out she was going to have a baby and he, angel said also, and your cousin Elizabeth is in her sixth month and you know she's older and she's you know but nothing is impossible for God and so a lot of people in our humanness were thinking oh okay so she's going to rush off because she's such a sweet girl she's going to rush off to help her cousin Elizabeth because Elizabeth's an old lady she's six months pregnant oh my gosh how difficult her life must be so Mary's going off to help her but now Anne exactly that's what's going she didn't go off just to help Elizabeth she went off to proclaim the good news she went off to share the good news of what was going on and like you said, she was full of the Holy Spirit and she went and she went to proclaim that. Yeah. So beautiful. Right. And I think that the other thing that we have to remember is that, you know, we weren't conceived without sin. You know, we have mm-hmm. all these, uh, mm-hmm. you know, burdens on us that Mary and distractions. have. <laughs> right. And distractions. But it is the same Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We have that same Holy Spirit within us that that we have received through our baptism, through our confirmation. Um, and it was the same Holy Spirit from the beginning of, of time that mm-hmm. initiated the mission mm-hmm. of you know, each person that God chose and he's choosing us. Yeah. You know, exactly. we have the story we uh, talked about Hannah just a minute ago, mm-hmm. you know, she um, was barren and, uh, you know, prayed for a son and she's before the temple praying and Eli hears her and even thinks that she's drunk yeah. because she's uh, praying in the spirit, mm-hmm. you know, and then after she has Samuel and brings him back to the temple to dedicate him to the Lord, you know, she prays this beautiful prayer that's very similar to Mary's Magnificat, yep. you know, praying in that spirit, proclaiming the greatness of the Lord in those same words. Um, and then there's just example after example of the Holy Spirit, um, you know, the spirit being upon Jesus and mm-hmm. he proclaims upon the apostles, Pentecost, right? you know, and we just have to identify that that's the same Holy Spirit working within us. Right. And, you know, Father Tim talked about that last week, too. He said, it's amazing how much the Holy Spirit is even more in the Advent, in the period of Advent, than even in Pentecost, just reminding us of that. Right. And I I had never really thought about that before, but Mm -hmm. as I went back and looking through the scriptures, so, you know, we get to that visit with Elizabeth Mm -hmm. and she proclaims by the Holy Spirit. Yes. You know, those words are, are just so beautiful. Um, 
you know, it says that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb and she was filled with the Holy Spirit. Yep. And she exclaimed in a loud voice, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Exactly. So that was Luke 41, uh, Luke 1, 41 and 42. Yeah. And it says she was filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, so as you said, so the first thing is if we're able, if we want to proclaim, and that's part of what we're calling, we're being called to do, prepare ourselves to be able to proclaim this good news. You know, our salvation is at hand. Christ is with us. Christ is coming to be with us. And so first of all, we've got to um, in order to be able to proclaim him, in order to be able to magnify who he is, we have to first know him like Mary did, know scripture and allow him to know us as well. Empty ourselves enough, become intimate enough, open ourselves enough to allow him to know us. It's kind of interesting that our first readings this week have been about from Song of Songs, that intimate relationship, that intimacy of allowing him to know us as well so that we fully open ourselves to what he has to offer us, become that empty vessel, like you just said with her, and then allow him to fill us with his Holy Spirit. Well, and I think that's one, I think that's the really hard work. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's, it's easy to open the scriptures and to study and to listen to the podcasts and, you know, pray the rosary and those things are easy and available to us. But the hard work is opening ourselves up to the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, where are those places that, um, God already sees, but we don't want to show him. You know, where are those places that that we have wounds maybe that that we need to identify and and deal with Mm -hmm. so that we can be open to the Holy Spirit that that's the hard work. It is. It is. It's that preparation we talked about before. Right. Making straight that highway for God. And part of that is filling in those valleys in our lives, those wounded places, and then also maybe chiseling down those high mountains that have become rugged and rough and in the way of allowing him in. And I've really been pondering that this week i've i've noticed there have been a few times where um i've just been really sinful with my words and with my tone um and you know we can all say oh it's the stress of getting ready and make wanting to have a perfect christmas or this or that but i think part of it is god is allowing me to see my own sin patterns right now so that I can confess those that I can chisel down the mountains that have gotten in the way of allowing the straight and pure highway for him to come in and to be come directly into my heart. And I've actually been thanking him for that. I've been thanking him for pointing out the sin in my life because Mm -hmm. without knowing what it is, then I just stay distracted or I stay in this state that doesn't allow um, him to really come and be in, in me. And, um, and I can't proclaim and I'm not a good witness for him. If, um, if instead of, you know, him, people see me and see my sinfulness. And, you know, that's what Mary says in her Magnificat, you know, my, my soul magnifies the Lord. It's like, oh my gosh, what would that look like to be able to just be so empty of yourself that your soul is magnifying God, that Mm -hmm. that's what people see when they look at you is they see God. There's nothing about you that gets in the way of that. Right. But I I think, too, it's important to remember that that just, um, you know, God wants us to shine through him to shine through in our ordinary life, in our situation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and and sometimes, too, it almost seems easier for you and I to proclaim on this, you know, radio than (laughs) to proclaim to our family, (laughs) you know, because because they they get the the worst of us, you know. And so how so how are we proclaiming just in you know, our, our ordinary life. Yes. Um, another part that I love from that book, the read of God, um, 
this comes from there. Our lady said yes for the whole human race, Mm. but each of us must echo this yes in our own lives. God did mean it to be an ordinary thing, for it is his will that Christ shall be born in every human being's life. In the, exactly. in the in the ordinary things. Exactly. And that's I think that's what's been striking me is that I can come on here and do this show and I can get so full of God and, and God is, I'm so excited about sharing scripture and then I can go home and I can yell at my family. You know, that's the ordinary part. And I'm like, oh my word, I, I'm not, my soul is not magnifying in the ordinary. And that's what I, that's where I really need to um, allow him to do that work. And yeah. right. And I, I think sometimes we can say, uh, you know, we can look at Mary and say, well, we're not perfect in that way. Mm-hmm. And how could we possibly be perfect in that way? But God says anything is possible through him. <laughs> yes. And he also says, be holy as I am holy. Right. Right. Yeah, right. That's a real challenge that. right there. It definitely is. It definitely <laughs> is. Um, one of the things that I love when you were talking about art, there was, I saw, so um, talking about being in homes together, I, there was one piece of art where it showed Mary and Elizabeth visiting each other. So the visitation, oh, right, right? When they right. got together and they were so joyful and they were so adorable and they were so excited to see each other. And I think part of that is once again, when we're saying we're, we want to proclaim, right? So we want to be able to proclaim, you know, Ann and I are proclaiming here. We're trying to proclaim at home with our families, but we also want to proclaim wherever we can in, in community with friends. And I know that I had a, just a real thirst to do this. I love to talk about God. I love to talk about God moments. You know, mm-hmm. where is God working in my life? What's he doing in my life? And that was essentially both Elizabeth and Mary were getting together and sharing their God moments. For anybody who's been through CHIRP, Christ Renews His Parish, or maybe even Curcio, you know what I'm talking about, right? right? Those God moments, where did we see God? And if we're not looking for them, we don't see them. And I know that there was a time in my life where I felt really lonely because I didn't have anybody to talk about those with um, in the church. In my parish, I just didn't feel like anybody wanted to talk about that type of thing. And God was so good. And, and so I, I now have a very large community of, of people, both men and women, who love to talk about what God's doing in their lives. But I think that that's the other thing we're called to. We're called to um, help each other see where God is in your life and help proclaim God by sharing the good news that he's doing in your everyday life. And, um, in talking about him, it becomes part of the ordinary because he wants to enter into the ordinary. He wants to enter into the everyday, into every community and every interaction we have with other people. Right. And we need to make that the ordinary, Mm -hmm. you know, like back to what father was saying that Mary wasn't surprised by Mm -hmm. this angel. She wasn't afraid. She was because that she knew that God breaks into her world and she knew that he was real and she knew his power. And so she was able to accept. Mm -hmm. And I think we can't accept his will until like you're saying, we're, it goes back to our advent words. We're prepared. We're watchful. Yes. We're, um, and it helps articulate those things to someone else or you think you're completely crazy. Yeah, exactly. And it, and it's good to start to encourage people. So, you know, if parents, if you've got kids, ask them, where'd you see God today? What was God, what did God do for you today? And make it personal, not just where'd you see God? Oh, I saw him in the, the leaves on the trees and the birds. No, I saw him because I think I told the story of um, Lily getting robbed in her backpack, you know, with all of her baseball or softball gear thrown, you know, 
taken away and it got thrown by the side of the road and we got this random call and we were able to find her stuff. And her first comment was, oh my gosh, God's got my back. God did that. God returned that to me. And so for her, she sees the ordinary that happened. Well, that's not very ordinary, but she sees, (laughs) it doesn't happen all the time, but she sees where God has been in her life and that he is. And so she's looking for him. She's seeing him. And so sometimes asking where did, where was God for you today? Where Mm -hmm. did you see God interacting with you? So that your kids or your family members or your siblings or whomever won't be surprised when God shows up, just like Mary wasn't surprised when when God showed up. Right. I think some families have a tradition of at dinner time saying, oh, how was your day? What was your good thing today? Mm-hmm. What was not so good? What? Um, but, you know, in our family, we did say that we're where did you see God today? Yeah. And, you know, how did he bless you? Um, to see everything as being a blessing from God or, you know, whether it's good or whether it's bad, right? it helps you on that journey for sure. You know, and what I thought about, Anne, is when you did that with your kids, what you were doing is you were helping form them into disciples who could go share the good news. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's one of the things that I think is so important is for each of us in our own language, with our own words, with our own experiences, for us to proclaim We need to have had that intimate interaction with him on an ongoing basis, on a consistent basis in our lives, and then practice actually telling those stories. So at the dinner table, when you were doing that, you were helping them practice telling those stories so that they could go talk about him to other people. And I think sometimes the rap we get as Catholics is that it's a private faith, right? It's a private Mm -hmm. faith. It's between me and God. And and I've had women and, and men too say to me, I don't really know how to tell other people or, or share that, but that's part of it is just, what's he done for you today? You know, what's going on with you? Well, and I think there's a, there's a real danger because our liturgies are so rich to, Mm -hmm. to put everything in that hour that Mm -hmm. at a Sunday mass, but that's been one of the gifts during this last several months, I think is that, um, we've had to look for different ways to proclaim and to worship and to, um, you know, fulfill that mission. Right, right. Well, we've only got a couple of minutes left. I do want to really quick mention, because I thought this was so cool that we saw, was that in Mary's Magnificat, you know, and and listeners, maybe that's the the opportunity this week is just ponder, read the words of the, her Magnificat, how beautiful those words are. But what was neat is it's once again an example of how well she knew scripture, because there are thought to be about 15 different Old Testament references in her Magnificat. That's stunning. Isn't that amazing? So she knew the words so well. It was in her heart so much that when she just opened her mouth to speak, the word of God came out from all of these references. So that's the other thing. Are you reading scripture and are you, are you having your loved ones read scripture as well? Um, and not just reading it, but praying it like, yeah. like Mary. And you know, if you're uncomfortable, just, just do it. Yes, exactly. Just do it. It'll come easier. It will. And so, um, Listeners, we are down to our last minute or so, and we thank you so much for being on this Advent journey with us. We've enjoyed it very much. And next week, we actually, for the first time, so next week, next Wednesday, um, for the first time ever, we're going to replay one of our previous episodes. So we'll be replaying an episode actually from May about Mary because of the fact that um, January 1st is the feast of Mary, our mother, or the solemnity of Mary, our mother. Mother of God. Mother of God. Um, I say our mother, mother of God, Mary, the mother of God, the solemnity of that. So um, we just hope and wish that you would have a blessed and joyful Christmas and enjoy all that God has for you, that this is um, just a beautiful time of, of salvation, a beautiful time recognizing the good news that God is with us, Emmanuel, God is with us. And, and I know you wanted to close with just a special prayer. 
I did. This has really been on my heart in the last few days. And, you know, you mentioned the Mary, the mother of God. And I just think it's a time for us to pray for all all mothers and fathers. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Mm-hmm. Um, Lord God, Heavenly King, we ask for your um, your grace and your blessings upon all expectant mothers and fathers as they await their children during this time. Mary, we ask for your intercession Um, especially for those who are grieving the loss of a child or who may be suffering from from any type of fertility issues. We ask for the intercession of Hannah and all of the Old Testament mothers who waited um, patiently and saw the power of God. We pray for those who are maybe awaiting adoptions or um, are mothering children that aren't their own, but they love them just the same in all their hearts. And we pray for all the family members and friends who walk alongside these families, these holy families. And Mary, we just ask that you um, walk alongside them and just put your mantle of protection around them, especially during this special time that we remember your waiting in joyful hope. We make all these prayers in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, dear listeners. We look forward to seeing you in the new year.